ladies and gentlemen, a bit of a different episode um, with Stuart and Aaron. And um, gentlemen, I, I pinged you this week because uh, I said, you know, some things are sort of bigger than finance. And I I was talking to some friends and, and specifically Friday, they said that uh, the Jewish clo- schools around them were closed and uh, some had expressed a little bit of apprehension about having their children in school. And it really kind of put me at a, at a bit of a loss uh, as to what to say. And all that I could tell them was that I love them. And that, you know, I, there's just, there's no, there's no good words uh, to describe the situation that's going on. And, you know, I know that there are a lot of, of Jewish people in finance and to the extent that we can, you know, have a conversation um, just kind of about what some people are going through. And, and I'm sure there are, you know, people uh, that are Palestinian that are feeling some something similar. And I, I the, one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you guys is you're both very measured in what you're saying and, and how, you know, it's, it, no one, no one should be, uh, subject to the hate that is going on. And, uh, I have a, a special place in my heart for Jews. I grew up in a Jewish household and many of my friends are Jewish and that's, that's kind of why we're doing this. Um, but I appreciate you guys being here and I hope we say something that, uh, you know, people should hear and, and hopefully, uh, bring somebody something good in their life. I don't know. Well, thanks, Phil. And I, when you reached out to me, I all I could tell you is that it was like deeply meaningful when you and others, uh, non-Jewish people have reached out to me and my family and just checked in and said, hey, how are you? I'm really sorry what's going on. And that really, I got it from people of different on different ends of the political spectrum and different beliefs. And all I can say is how meaningful and how much it meant. So thank you. Yeah. And and this is Stuart and Bill. I really appreciate the opportunity to have this discussion. I just want to start by saying unequivocally in America, anywhere, hate against any group for their religious background, ethnicity, race, anything, Jewish, Muslim, doesn't matter is wrong. No one in this country or any country should ever feel unsafe because of their background or their beliefs. What's happening in the Middle East and Israel and Gaza is tragic. I wish there was a a realistic pathway to peace. I I worry that things will continue spiraling, frankly. And again, we are in America. What's happening there is horrible. People here rightfully feel strongly about it, but I just do not want the the problems over there, which we all in some degree feel very close to, to flow back over here into any hate or justification of hate that is wrong. And it doesn't matter what, where you're coming from, what your background is, like we're we're all humans. So I just wanted to start with that. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, You know, one one thing, Stuart, that you had had written and I, and I don't, I want to remember it correctly, but I, I think you had said that uh what you you identified as an american jew and now you identify like for the first time in a while you were identifying as a jewish american i mean do you mind expanding on on that a little bit so i i'm jewish i i wouldn't say i'm observant by any means 
um, th this last 10 days or so has definitely been the mentally most difficult of my adult life. And, and I've been through a lot. Uh, my mother-in-law passed away. We, we had uh, other issues. Um, by far, th this has been the most difficult stretch. And it's been difficult. What, what's going on in, in Israel and Gaza is terrible enough. What's really been difficult to process is the amount of support and seemingly justification for the horrific um, terrorist acts that was uh, committed by Hamas against Jewish people and, and more than Jewish people, there were, there were other victims as well. Um, to justify that, th that's beyond justification. And, and I worry that if, if that can be justified, if, if hate is that deep, that people are okay with killing Jews just because they're Jewish, it doesn't take too many steps from there to get to a much worse place. And to see that happen in the U.S. makes me really concerned. I would say most Jews are probably neurotic to some degree. I can speak for myself, but probably many others. We grew up knowing Holocaust survivors. And there's just always a worry in the back of our heads. You know, how many steps away are we to the point where hatred becomes justified and violence is seen as an act of liberation um, even violence perpetrated against innocent civilians, that, that is just beyond this describable what happened. Uh, it, it, it is very concerning. So, so yes, for the first time, I feel like my identity is not American Jew, it's Jewish American. Not, not because that's how I would describe myself, but that's how I feel like other people would describe me at this point. And I, I would just echo that, like the sadness, the anger, the feeling of helplessness, that I have felt, my family has felt, uh, it's been hard to focus. I've, I think I told you, Bill, last, like, that, like, finally, I, on, like, Wednesday or Thursday, I forget which day, I, I was like, I just have to start working um, and stop doom scrolling and stop. Uh, uh, and, and part of the reason why this was just so different is, you know, it's it's in our dna unfortunately that what's going on is a repeat of history that jews have experienced over and over and over again over the centuries that have had nothing to do with occupation of anything i mean just in british palestine you can go to 1929 where there were uh unfortunately, Arab riots, and they did the same thing to the Jews. The only difference is Jews didn't have any weapons and couldn't fight back to, you know, they used to live in shtetls, not even in the towns in Eastern Europe, and there used to be pogroms, to Romans and Greeks, the Crusades. Uh, you know, you just keep going back, and it's, uh, it's hard. It, you know, one of the things I don't know that I would explain to non-Jews is my wife and I will have periodic conversations. And, you know, Stuart, you mentioned neurot neurotic, but it's based on history. My wife and I will have conversations of if it doesn't, if it isn't safe in America to be Jewish, where would we live? Like, where would we go? And... I never really share that with non-Jews, but like that was some of the conversations that I was having with people and trying to express uh, what it felt like. And I wanna explain why this was so different. 
is because civilians were specifically targeted here. And so I live in a bubble, right? I live in California. Everyone's like happy, right? I'm in cannabis. Everyone's having a great time, right? And, but like to watch, I, I, I didn't even know. And I explained this to you. I have a nine-year-old daughter. And all I could think about was her and my kids. But specifically, I learned something that I didn't even know existed before this week, which is called murder by rape. And this was done on purpose. Women were murdered by rape on purpose. Women were, were then raped, killed, and then paraded to jubilant celebrations through the streets. That's just some of what went on. And so when then you see people in the U.S. immediately post solidarity with Palestinians while this is going on, while children and women are being kidnapped and this is going on to them, and they're justifying to various degrees, some people just full out justifying this is what happens the Jews deserve this. And some people, the more insidious kind of justification is civilians should never be targeted. It's a tragedy. But, and I keep hearing this over and over again, but, and there's literally a universe in that, that word, but, which is like, well, they deserved it. They brought it on themselves. And you just have to look up throughout history. And, and this is something that has gone on over and over again. And what I wanted to bring up is like, like Jews say after the Holocaust, never again. And what happened this weekend, not only for Israelis, but I think for all Jews, is I think this was a wake-up call that if we don't start forcefully advocating against the hate and discrimination and the justification that is targeted towards Jews, it will happen again. I want to build on that and be very measured in how I say this. There are legitimate reasons, I think, and I'm sympathetic to, to many of them, to support Palestine's political cause, and they have legitimate grievances, and, and it's just been a terrible situation in Israel and the West Bank and Gaza for decades. You can support Palestine without veering into justifying the type of terrorism we saw. And, and like Aaron just said, when you say, you know, Jews shouldn't be killed, Israelis shouldn't be targeted, comma, but it, it just opens up a whole door and it's very concerning because there, at what line do you draw you know, in the sand for the justification of the type of violence we saw? It makes me very nervous and I, I, my feeling, so, so another thing, there was a poll released a few days ago it was by YouGov that people 24 and under in the U.S., only 38% think that Hamas intentionally targeted um, civilians. 
my my concern is that there's like a narrative. There was a poll by YouGov. You can look it up. So this is all like an accident is what people think? I'll, I'll pull it up right now. I mean, that's crazy. So, uh, you know, and I and I, I just want to take a step back real quick and just say like, I, you know, this this isn't, I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to do a New York Times, uh, you know, podcast here, but I think this is so important. And, when, and like, you're both in the financial community. And when I saw your tweets and like, how you felt and how measured you were. I was like, I, I, what is more important this week? Like a, a stock pitch can wait. I think that this is so important to talk about. Um, so I, I don't know. Like, I, I think that's insane that there are people that don't think that Hamas intentionally targeted civilians. That's, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, the, I'm just getting the direct. So, um, among, uh, 18 to 44 year olds, excuse me. Um, the, the question was, do you believe Hamas deliberately sh- struck Israeli civilian areas? Only 38% of 18 to, four, to 44 year olds in the U.S. say they deliberately targeted civilians. I, I mean, the, the reason that I think people think that, and, and I'm going to get into something a little deeper here, is I think that is a narrative violation for um, a whole swath of folks in the U.S. and uh, I, I don't know, a, a good swath of academia where this cause is not viewed in an isolated way. It's, it's part of a, a larger way of looking at the world where you view things from the lens of oppressed versus oppressor, um, of victimization, of grievance. And there's a, there is an impetus for a, a lot of people on the far left. And I'm not trying to be political. I, I would view myself as a moderate, but it seems like there's an impetus to always support the aggrieved or the oppressed. And th- th- there's so much more nuance to, I-, I feel like, the Israel-Palestinian issues. But in-, in any event, I think people view Jews and Israelis as the oppressor. And because they view it as the oppressor, it's okay to fight for liberation, even if that means that you're intentionally killing civilians. And when you're presented with facts that violate that narrative and videos and, and like very graphic ones that clearly their show own it. statements, their but own like, statements, they're exactly it, like the fact people can't accept what happens makes me very nervous. They're not accepting what happens because it doesn't fit into the narrative that they have that, you know, Israel bad, you know, Palestine or Hamas good. Um, there, there's just so much more nuance to the world. And again, it's not like there aren't legitimate reasons to be supportive of Palestinians. They're just, there absolutely are not legitimate reasons, no matter what, to, to be um, supportive either explicitly or implicitly of the type of violence we saw. And the fact that people are willing to, to cross the line where they're able to implicitly, um, and in some cases explicitly support what Hamas did, just makes me very nervous as a Jewish person in, in the United States. And it, um, it's the first time I've ever felt that way. And what I would add is that the most ironic thing is that most American Jews are liberal and are Democrat and most American Jews. And uh, I don't know, something like 40 or 45%, maybe even 50% of Israelis are just are looking at are, are against like the right in Israel and uh, against you know more 
uh, you know, kind of settlements. And there is, you know, we just saw this summer massive protests against the Netanyahu government. And there's lots of Jews who are fighting for Palestinian uh, rights and trying to, you know, uh, you know, fight politically uh, for a solution. And what's remarkable is that you, for some reason, there is, I, I'm, I'm listening and reading discussions about what's going on in Israel versus Hamas. And I'll, I, it's very important to understand that this is an Israeli-Hamas battle. No one talks about Hamas's charter. No one talks about what does Hamas really believe. And even for me, I, I would say I'm guilty of this. You just kind of discount it. Okay, they're going to try to kill Israelis. They're against us. But it wasn't until I watched what they actually did and said and celebrated that I realized words matter. They, they believe this. Their goal is to kill Jews. There is no two-state solution. There is no Israel exists. There are no Jews to Hamas. And so one of the things that have just made Jews, especially Israelis, American Jews, Jews all over the world, just so sad and frustrated this, this week, no matter how you feel about the Palestinians, is that knowing that there is a, a enemy or the, the, that there is no quarter for you. But not only is there no quarter, there's torture, there's horrific things like what we've seen. And I'm not going to repeat because it doesn't bear, doesn't need to be repeated. And then realizing that the, the Western morals and the morality of Israel is, is being used against us. And there's no, there's no solution, right? I think this is what horrifies most people, actually, is there appears to be no way out. If Israel defends itself, well, they have to do certain things. It's a very crowded place. Palestinians are going to die. And it, it's incredibly sad. If Israel doesn't defend itself, we know what's going to happen. And this is the problem. And Golda Meir has a very famous quote that if the Palestinians lay down their weapons, there will be peace. And if the Israelis lay down their weapons, there'll be a massacre. We know this is true, just from history. And it's, it's being put in an impossible situation, having your morals used against you and then watching, you know, Stuart, you mentioned the Ivy Leagues. Watching, I think for the first time, most American Jews woke up and said, oh, I, I knew things were kind of bad at Ivy Leagues or you had some crazy people, but I had no idea that they would celebrate the deaths and justify the deaths. And I realized my kids are not safe. 
My family's not safe. Take it even a step up. I, I don't think only Jewish people can, should be concerned in the U.S. I don't think Muslim, uh, Jewish, Jewish and Muslim people are probably the most concerned out of anyone right now. I, I think everyone should be concerned. I, I've actually put a lot of thought into this. So I'm, I'm in Chicago and we have public safety issues and, and I, I'm actually quite vocal on these. And I, I've thought for the last couple of years, what is the ideology that animates our elected officials to enable, in essence, public safety to have deteriorated. And again, it's the ideology of wanting to, to do right by what in their mind is an oppressed class. And in, in the case of Chicago, it's, it's unfortunately people who grow up in lower socioeconomic areas and have no opportunities and, and some turn to crime. And there are, there are different ways of dealing with that. Here, we're, we're not um, policing to the same extent that we once did. Um, and people have different feelings about that. But, but I think it's fair to say that there's a political movement that views the world um, in, in the lens of, you know, root causes and oppressed oppressor and grievance and victimhood. And, and I think that stems out of academia. Um, and I think if you go back and look at just history and philosophy, any, any movement of cultural conformity, and it could be on the left or right, that just views the world in very black and white and, and view and starts segmenting people by group, whether it's oppressed or oppressor, or whether it's you believe in X and you believe in Y. The, the world's always a little more complicated than that. Um, but in, in this case, I, I, I'm not surprised that we've seen at least amongst the more progressive academic class, um, just the, the type of reaction we have, because it's central to the, the way they view the world. And, and I, I graduated college in 2008. I graduated law school in 2012. I feel like there was a regime shift shortly, shortly after, because it certainly wasn't my experience um, in, in education. But in, 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 in authors like Jonathan Haidt have written on this and a few others, but it, it seems like there's been a shift in, in the way academia is approaching a lot of issues where um, it's it's just uh, you you view a certain segment of people as just mistreated and unfortunate, and therefore anything um, that they do to liberate themselves, even using violence, can be justified. And that's dangerous. It's not only dangerous for Jews. First of all, I think historically there are some inaccuracies in looking at the world that way, but it's dangerous to view the world that way because if you can justify these terrible acts, it's not only dangerous for Jews or Muslims. If you find yourself on the wrong end of that, it's going to be dangerous for you too. Um, so I, I think to the extent we've seen some pushback on that with donors pulling funds from, from schools and thinking you know, pretty hard about what are we exactly teaching, um, at least that's a discussion we're, we're having, but it's, again, like, you, you just can't justify the unjustifiable. Like, in, in Yeah, I would add on that is that what is knowledge without morality? And I, I think we were presented a very clear case uh, this weekend, or the, or about 10 days, 10 days ago, where you had people go in kill like a con attendees to a concert for peace you you murder by rape you know just the most horrific things happened repeatedly the weekend we have the people that did it celebrating it 
And then the reaction from so many people, unfortunately, in the academic Ivy League world, they couldn't even see the basic morality of it. And it's it's and what's amazing is they've been, I think this victimhood mentality is a great one because you just don't even you don't even read history. You just buy into this idea because it's so absurd. It's like literally 50% of Israelis are Sephardic Jews, okay? And you just have to read a little, what makes you a Sephardic Jew? It means that you came from North Africa or the Middle East, or you were expelled from Spain in the 1400s, okay? And then you settled throughout the, the Middle East and Africa. And if you look at Israel, they're very like kind of darker skinned because of that, right? And then to watch the language that is used against Jews that they are the colonizers, European colonizers. It, it is not based on fact, it is this like tribal weird kind of thing where you're, and, and and the thing that 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 really gets at the heart of for Jews is there was this wonderful book by Dara Horn. I I highly recommend everyone read. And it is people love dead Jews. And it really wasn't until you saw this weekend, but even this weekend, it's not enough. The world has Holocaust museums everywhere. When the Jews are the victims, it's like, oh, poor Jews. When Jews fight back, oh, oh, that, that, that might be a problem. And the problem for every Jew is that after the Holocaust, it's not empty words. You'll hear this. I see this in Jewish CEOs and other people and people I talk to. Never again. Because we know what the end state is. And when in Nazi Hitler, they told us what they were going to do. And the world did not believe them. And if you read Hamas's charter and you listen to what Iran is saying, they are not saying, hey, the Palestinians to get their land back, or let's have a two-state solution, or, you know, anything related to peace. It is a message that the Jews are responsible for everything wrong in the world, and we're going to kill the Jews, and they use slogans that sometimes hide that, that you'll hear, from the river to the sea literally pushing Jews into the sea. And so it's what's horrifying is that my heart breaks for the Palestinians. My heart breaks for the refugees who, by the way, Egypt won't let in. Jordan won't let in. They, 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 the Palestinians assassinated their king. And it's they're being used as a, the, the most tragic thing is they're being used as pawns. And then you have the left being used as further pawns to advance 
the kind of ideology that literally stand is the opposite of what my daughter stands for. My daughter wants to be an engineer. She's a proud American. She has strong opinions. She's an independent girl. She's smart and she's proud to be Jewish. And I watched what happened and I realized that she is literally the opposite. And then you have people on the left in academia who are who are literally advocating for, in my mind, for people who would never, who would never, who would, my daughter is the enemy. And maybe that's a strong statement, but that's, that's how it feels when I saw those images and I watched those videos. I want to get back to something you said about the Sephardic Jews, the, the, the tragedy of the Israeli-Palestinian situation and, and the reason why like a root causes way of viewing the world just leads to nothing good you could root cause your way like down a 10 million mile tunnel like it it, it just I, I, everyone has a reason to feel aggrieved i'm jewish i understand a lot of the reasons jews are historically feel aggrieved um but it just that that type of thinking is the same type of thinking i think that's employed and the the, the far left circles these days. And it just, what's it lead to? It doesn't lead to anything productive. Uh, like it, it doesn't lead to any outcomes that, that are r realistic. It just, I, I'm, I'm not a political expert. I'm not gonna delve into the geopolitics of this. Like I frankly don't know what the right um, solution is to, to this what's seemingly an intractable problem. I, I, I just say that for, for, for um, each side to talk about the, their thousands of years of history of grievances, like it's it's just a dangerous place to go down. Doctrines of grievance and victimization. You could argue Nazism was a doctrine of, of grievance and victimization. And, and the grievance and victimization was that the Jews were, you know, screwing all of them. And, you know, it, it's historic. So I, I was a history major. Um, I, I just will say that historically, these doctrines of victimization and grievance lead to nothing good. It, it often leads to destruction and violence. And it really makes me nervous that this is the way that we're teaching history and world events um, in both K through 12 and higher education. Uh, it, it's, the, the, we, uh, this is beyond the scope of anything I can do about it, but like we'd be in a much better place if, if education got back to teaching like traditional civics and, and liberal values and Western classic philosophy, um, it, it's uh, we're losing something when we just have this very narrow prism of the world of one class versus another. If you're the aggrieved class, then then you're on the right side of things, and anything to liberate that class, even if it means eradicating the the uh, quote unquote oppressor class. Um, if, if that's acceptable, it's Jews now, it's going to be some other group later, and this should make everyone nervous. Yeah, I know. I would just, I, I would just also add that there's so much nuance here, right? There, are there things that Israelis have done that are horrifying? Yes. Are there settlers with, like, terribly racist, anti-Palestinian views, and have they done terrible things? Yes. Are are some of the policies of Netanyahu terrible? And is you know, of course, yes. And and it, and it 
so many American Jews and Israelis were like, literally as part of a political process, like fighting that and the lack of nuance of just layering on this simplistic view, a victimization view of the oppressed oppressor. I think that's spot on, Stuart. It is onto a very, and then the other thing of like layering some kind of American values or what has happened to certain races here onto the Israeli-Palestinian call, that has been something that has been worked on for like 10 or 20 years in the making. But it doesn't fit. And even Republican-Democrat views, people have started, and even Netanyahu kind of manipulated this to kind of the right was Republican and the left, and it kind of kind of matches, but that's not Israeli politics. And there's so much gray and nuance. And then there's Israeli Arabs. There's a million Israeli Arabs that live there as well. And it's it's just so complicated. And, and I just want to make the point, even if you're in the U.S. and you think Israel is the root of all problems, that doesn't mean American Jews are bad. <laughs> you know, I'm an American, but like I, I want to make that clear. I am Jewish, but like, I feel very strongly American. I understand this country's traditions. I understand its history. I understand our values. I understand, I, I probably understand more about the American experience, all the good parts and bad parts than all of these, you know, academics and, and young people on the left who are out rallying in favor of Hamas and, and supportive of what's going on. Like, I, I, I would love to sit down and, and, and go over our knowledge of, of uh, US events and history together, but, um, I, look, I, I'm an, an American. I care about what's going on in this region. I've spent time in the region. I have friends who are Arabic. I've, I've had friends who are Palestinian. I certainly have a lot of friends who are Jewish. Like I've been to these towns that have been impacted. Um, but at the end of the day, like as much as I care about these issues, like what's going on over there should not flow back onto the local Jewish communities. It should not flow back into the local Palestinian or Muslim communities. Like everyone needs to take a deep breath in the U.S. and realize that like we we might care a lot about these issues, but like we cannot allow the type of divisiveness that we're, we're seeing in, in the Middle East come back home because nothing good will come of it. And I, I, I'm really disappointed with a, a lot of our politicians, um, frankly, more so on the left than right right now, who who have not explicitly condemned like the type of violence and language of violence against Jewish people, because look, the, the goal should be keeping peace and, and um, good relations in, in, in the U.S. It, like, I, I, it's, it's a very complicated set of issues over there. I, I, I care about it a lot. But at the end of the day, like if, if my neighbor in Chicago is Arabic or Palestinian or Muslim, he's still my neighbor. Like, like he, he's in the U.S. with me. Like, like our experience is not the experience of living over there as much as we care about it. And I just worry that to the extent this conflict spirals, the type of rhetoric that we've seen um, employed and amplified by the political and academic class is just going to make things much worse over here. And, and that's unfortunate. And we all need to be really careful in, in how we approach this because tensions are so high. Um, it's... No, again, this is something I said at the start. No one in the U.S. should have to to feel like they need to keep their kids out of school 
because they're a certain religion on a certain day of the week. It's it's really concerning to see those issues. It's concerning to see what's happening over there on its own. But it's it, to me, it's even more concerning to see these issues spill back over here. Well, my, my wife, she said, why do you think that this issue has hit you so much stronger than like Ukraine and Russia? And I said, well, it's, I think it's a couple fold. One, you know, I grew up in a Jewish household and and, and from where I'm from, I, I have a lot of Jewish friends. And then, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm looking in a, a subset of our FinTwit community and people are, you know, emailing me in, the, in my inbox. Um, you know, I, I had tweeted that I'm not a geopolitical expert and I did it on the day that Paul Tudor Jones talked about all the the geopolitical things. And somebody came in and he was like, you know, that what does that have to do with what's going on? And I was like, whoa, I, I that's I didn't mean like I, I didn't mean what you're saying right now at all. Right. And I didn't realize how alone so many people felt in the Jewish community. And and then I started to hear from my friends and I was like, man, this like this is fucked up. That that I mean, one the situation is obviously, uh, but but two, the fact that people here are feeling this way, um, I, I you know it's just it kind of came to my doorstep and and uh, I feel really helpless. I mean, I just you know, so that's that's well, what led to this. Well, thank you for for providing just a forum to talk about it, and. Uh, Thank you for having me on. I mean, I hope I'm sharing something to me, and it's the same with Stuart. It should be for everyone, but unfortunately, Jews are targeted the most. If you look at like who is targeted the most for hate crimes, it is Jews. There is a rise in anti-Semitic attacks across the board in America for Jews, um, and and I think this was just. This has been a a kind of moment for American Jews when we just realized it's just different. We're and and watching what took place. Well, one, the most Jews died in any one day since the Holocaust. So you have you have that. And but it was the celebration of the raping and killing and torturing of Jews. Um, and, and what I would hope, anybody who's listening, is to, there needs to be a discussion of whether it's okay to specifically target any kind of ethnicity, but why is it okay for Jews? Why are some people advocating that it's okay, that we're we're responsible and we're justified? It's justified and that it's not, you know, to Stuart's point, it's not okay. And that I think what you're seeing from the Jewish community is like, this feels like a moment where we have to take our stand and explain. Just understand that words matter. And this is one of my big takeaways is 
read what Hamas believes. Not what the Palestinians believe. Read what Hamas believes. Read what Hezbollah believes. Hezbollah, which has no connection to the land, by the way. There's no, there's no dispossessed people. That's an Iranian proxy in Lebanon who wants to destroy Israel. Read what Iran believes. And then the other thing that's going on behind the scenes, you kind of have two wars. You have Hamas in Israel, but really behind that, you have Iran in Israel that are fighting. And, and so you need to understand in the context of history, why Jews feel the way they do what, when the most Jews die of any day since the Holocaust and people are parading and celebrating dead Jews and understand that for Jews, it can be never again. That doesn't mean for Jews or for Israelis that you can justify anything and everything. No, absolutely not. But how the, the, the great sorrow for so many Jews and so many people watching this, we might have the sympathy of most of the world now, but as this drags on and Hamas is just dedicated to killing Jews, on purpose drags Israel in, fires rockets from hospitals, fires rockets from schools, they, they're going to weaponize the morality again. And it's so horrifying for Jews because we know the world's gonna turn, it's gonna turn against us. And we just saw an example of this today. A great, great example is that a hospital, there was a blast at a hospital. The minute that happened, the New York Times headline, Israeli strike strikes hospital. Many uh, newspapers. Now it's turning on that it turns out it's most likely an Islamic Jihad rocket that fired, went off target, and struck their own people. But the biases, the readiness of the world to call out Israel, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating in that the I feel like we're, the morals are being used against, and then every Jew is being held accountable, and that there's a readiness of the world to just blame Jews. I want to build on something Aaron said, and, and that's just the, the, the longer this goes on, and it, I have no reason to believe it won't go on for some time, the worse images we're going to see and the more tensions will rise and the more hate that we risk seeing against Jews and, and Muslims. I, I, I don't want to dismiss that potential either, but um, if you're more, uh, so I'll say a couple things. One, I feel like this is a tough issue, a, a tough thing for Jews to go through right now, because in the images of all the children and women that we've seen and families that we've seen just brutalized, you know, it's very easy to picture that as ourselves. And I don't want to dismiss that for if you're a Palestinian or you care about their cause, if you see images of them, um, just, killed or, or, or hurt, like that must be tough to digest too. I'm empathetic with that. I would just say n no one here, at least that I know, 
is celebrating any of those images, whereas there's a lot of seemingly implicit or explicit celebration of the images of, of that we've seen against Jewish people. And it makes me, just as a Jewish person, it makes me feel very uncomfortable. And, and I, would, I would end with the thought that if, if your morality cannot draw a clear line that um, it is wrong to intentionally harm, torture, murder, rape, kill civilians, um, burn them, then your morality is warped. And the fact that so many people in, in the U.S. have warped morality makes me really nervous as a Jew, but more so as an American. This is not, this is not what we're about. This is not what we can be about. This is not, these are not core American values. And the fact that, that young people are being, are being taught that these values are acceptable makes me think there's something rotten to the core with um, the education system. And, and like, I have young kids. I, I, I think a lot about how are they going to be taught? Um, and I, I want to make sure that they're, they know right from wrong. And I cannot think of a more clear example of right from wrong than what we've seen the last week. With the intentional killing of civilians, um, if, if you cannot distinguish right from wrong here, if you cannot condemn wrong without a, a whole slew of caveats, like th then there's just something erroneous in, in the way you see the world. And I fear that there's a lot erroneous with the way that a lot of um, Americans see the world right now. And there's a way, by the way, Bill, there's a way to, to say, like, I believe the Palestinians have been wronged and they have righteous grievances, grievances, uh, grievances, but they cannot target on purpose, rape and brutalize innocent civilians, women and children and celebrate them. And that that cannot be part of the solution and cannot be justified. There, there's a way to say I'm for the Palestinians, but the way what Hamas is saying, what they believe in and their tactics cannot be allowed because once you can justify and you hear this is like, oh, well, there's settlers. And then it's just this slope where everything can be justified for your cause. Anything and everything. And the last thing I would say is, you know, your fear, Stuart, about an American is what came across very clearly when I'm watching dead naked women be beaten with sticks in the streets to jubilant crowds, when these women have been raped to death, this is a war on women by this ideology. Now, do I believe most Palestinians uh, believe or are or, or part of this? No. But this is a war on women. And as a father of a daughter, this should be fought against. And the belief that it will stop with Israel is an erroneous one. All we have to do is look at 9-11. And there is no way that this stops. And we have to say something. Look, our country has messed up things going on. Israel has messed up things, but there needs to be a clear line is what is morally wrong and what is morally right. 
And some things should be very clear and not justified. Yeah. And the, the last thing I'll say is at the end of the day, like we're, we're all human beings. And unless something's really wrong with you, like you don't want to see another human being suffer. You, you don't want to see another person in agony. If I could fix anything in the world, it would be this, this one, um, this one feud between Israel and, and Palestinians. It just, it, it's a, my, my hope, and I, I'm not that confident in the hope, is that there can be a resolution here and, and the end to this violence. And we all start seeing each other as just fellow humans. And, I, you know, that, that might be a far off hope for the Middle East, but like, certainly I think we should aspire to that in the U.S. Um, th th those should be core American values for everyone. Oh, that's well said, gentlemen. I got nothing to add, as uh, the wise Charlie Munger would say. Um, but I, I appreciate you you both stopping by, and you know, I, I hope that um, I hope I hope somebody that that uh, needed to hear this hears it, and I hope um, you know that that we got a good message out there somehow, because I do think that among the sorrow, uh, the idea that we're all humans is the most important thing, and and. I just, I don't know. I hope, I hope that what I fear is coming doesn't come. The same. I pray for peace. One of the most heartbreaking things that I think most people, whether you're Jewish or Muslim, American or whoever, is you're watching what, what is unfolding. And we all, uh, it feels like we're watching a slow motion train wreck. And it's so sad and we can all pray for peace. Amen to that. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much, and uh, have a good evening. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yep. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks.